What is going on, everybody? It is Triple Crown 24 back with a new episode of the Sports Card Psychology Podcast. Great to have you back with me today. Rocked it solo in last week's episode. We are here on opening day if you're listening to this on the day of release. If not, the chances are there's some baseball going on in your neck of the woods. It's great to have baseball back and I, I will admit that the show oftentimes is baseball-oriented. I am working on a couple of different guests right now to talk about some baseball topics. But if you have any suggestions for guests for various topics outside of baseball, let me know because I always want to uh, expand the horizons of the show and even challenge my own thinking. But today's topic is one that we've discussed before in a different context. It is grading. Yes, everybody's favorite topic and today we're going to look at it a little bit differently so if you call back to our first episode that i did with mike of baseball collector we talked about the psa set registry and once again psa is at the center of our uh, focus for today's episode but more so not just looking at their set registry but what really makes them a the the number one, I guess, in terms of grading. And you might say, hold on a minute there. They're not number one. Well, okay. But they still have a very high volume. And even if you want to debate that they're not your number one, it is a very widely held opinion that they are number one. But why are they regarded so highly? I see a lot of complaining about them on my social media feeds. I see a lot of people who ask questions, who bash their business style, but yet they seem to maintain that top spot. And today, I really want to answer why. So I'm bringing a guest on today. You'll know him from YouTube, and he's one of the most diverse graders I know out there. What do I mean by that? Well, he grades a lot of different cards from a lot of different sets. He grades with several different companies as well. You know, he he certainly has his preferences, but I wanted someone to come on the show today who isn't necessarily attached to one specific company and is willing to kind of mix it around a bit. And uh, like I said, he's on YouTube. His name is Big Scott Thirty Five. His first name is well Scott. So how you doing, Scott? How you doing? All right. How you doing, JT? Uh, glad um, to be here. Fantastic. Thanks for having me here. I love the shirt for those who are not uh, listening or watching on YouTube. He's got a stormtrooper about to go for a dunk. It looks absolutely fantastic. So uh, <laughs> props for that. So uh, most people are going to be familiar with you from YouTube and you do grading reveals. In fact, on the day that we're recording this, you did a two company grading reveal video. So very <laughs> apt timing for uh, for this video today. Why don't you tell us uh, who do you grade with and just an overview of how long you've been grading with them? Um, well, I started with PSA and it, you, you started out with Mike. Uh, not too long ago, I had a let's talk with Mike uh, about PSA and how he's going about getting stuff for his uh, for his set registries because me and him, we're all in the same boat with that. Uh, so I've been doing that probably going on four years now uh hard <laughs> i can tell you uh you know firsthand uh i uh when it was cheaper you know i was sitting at 20 25 i was you know going after the set registry and then uh then the prices started getting crazy and i was like 
Wow. I, let me look into this SGC. I started seeing videos on them more and more. Uh, looking into them, found out they've been around for a while. So I've been grading with them for about two years. Started with uh, my older stuff. Uh, you know, I wish I would have got some of my other older stuff done with them first. Uh, I love how certain cards look in their, their, the tux as uh as it's been named by Alico three. I hope he got paid for that. Uh, uh, and then when CSG announced, well, what, what's their parent company? See something that does the comics. Right. CGC, which is the premier, they would be the PSA equivalent for comic book grading. Right. There's a lot of overlap with those two collector bases. Right. So, when they came on a scene and I was like, wow, they got this pedigree of already being known as the number one in currency and comic books and a lot of other stuff. And then they got the two guys from Beckett. I was like, well, shoot right there. That puts them in the ball game for me. Um, and they came out with the $8. Uh, and with that, I, I signed up immediately and send in my first 50 card order um uh, i have yet to get any of the uh subgrades nor unless i get the perfect 10 will i now um but uh, i did it because it was the economic one and if you watch my csg refills you'll see the reason why i grade with them that's where i do my university of virginia cards and some low, just low end stuff that I just want to put in my PC. And I've really gotten to where I like the graded cards in my PC. That's kind of the way I'm going now. So you definitely seem very graded heavy with, uh, with a lot of what you do. And it started, like you said, with PSA, for those who are not familiar with your channel, you're a big Gary Carter guy. Yes. I know that was a, a big part of it was tackling that set registry and, we had a whole episode on the set registry and how addicting it can be and why it's such a prominent mm -hmm. uh, thing for PSA. And I don't really want to rehash that discussion too much that naturally there's going to be some overlap, but point blank, I'll ask you, do you think the reason that PSA is still on top is because of the set registry or do you think that there is something else? You know, it, it's obviously multiple factors, but what do you think is the largest contributor? I don't think, I've said this a few times and I've had people want to fight me on it. It's just my opinion. Uh, I don't think it's directly uh, the cause is the set registry, but you stated at the beginning, I'm more probably more one of the most diverse graders out there from what I grade to how I grade to the companies I grade. But the set registry is what got me started with PSA. And if I had my choice, I would stay with PSA. But a lot of guys want to keep uniformity. So PSA had a set registry. They kind of got into the set registry. Now they got a lot of cards PSA graded. So now they're going to stay with PSA. It's not because they're the best grader or or whatever. It's just they trust them and they like uniformity. We we all, I mean, you, you saw my card room. I try to keep everything labeled and, and boxed correctly. And uh, right now I have <laughs> cards in front of me uh, that I'm trying to put away and get ready uh, to send out to consignment to somebody. Uh, 
And uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I'm not the conformity guy. I just want to grade it. But I think it's indirectly uh, the, the reason why PSA is number one, because they started with the set registry and they're going to continue with what they trust. Absolutely. That was a huge point when I, not only when I spoke to Mike on that episode we did at the beginning, but just in private conversations when I've asked mm -hmm. them, you know, why won't you go out and buy this in an SGC holder or a CSG or, you know, name your grading company, whatever holder. It's not because you know, it was for him. It wasn't because he didn't like them. It's just because he is so deep into this set registry chase now. And it's just mm -hmm. something where, and, and I hear this so often, uh, if there was a way to combine all of your slabs into one registry, it would significantly draw away attention from PSA. But I don't think they would ever allow their data to be shared like that. That's right. They, they know that's, that's one of their big things there. So uh, absolutely. And I, I wanted to make sure that we touched on that, but there are, are some more areas that I want to explore too with PSA. Uh, before we get to that, you, you mentioned a word that I think is so key and that's uniformity. And for those who haven't uh, watched Scott's channel, first of all, go drop them a subscribe, please. Please do so before we continue. Give you a couple seconds here. All right, now that you're, you're acquainted, uh, he did a video showing his process, uh, which I thought, you know, I'm a geek for organization and storage, and it's mm -hmm. it's something that most collectors can relate to. And when you say uniformity, it's this nice idea that everything comes in the same holder, that you can kind of fit everything together, and they, they look alike, too. Would you say that is a common opinion among collectors, or are we just like two weirdos sitting here? <laughs> no, I think that's a huge thing uh, with collectors. I just think once they start and they get their boxes or a display piece. Uh, I, I, I don't have a registry with Pete Alonzo, but I, his rookie card, uh, 475, I have a 36 piece display piece and I'm trying to get that all PSA graded just for uniformity purposes. I kind of had to stop and now I got some CSG ones in there, but at least they're all the same size, right? They're, I don't have the SGC a little bigger. So uh, I think it's a big thing, you know, um, we like to look at them and I, I just think that's a huge, huge part of why PSA is the number one. And I just, I, I just think they're number one because of, of that basic thing. And I don't want to put too much into it. <laughs> right. Uh, that's fair enough too. I mean, but you, you do diversify, like you send in cards to SGC, you send in cards to CSG, and it kind of breaks that idea of uniformity that we have. What has allowed you to do that? You mentioned earlier, you kind of told your, your grading journey about pricing being a big factor with that too. Is there anything outside of price that has kind of guided you towards maybe some of these other companies to grade certain things? Well, I, um, I'm a big researcher. Uh, I didn't finish college, but I was a history major life happens and I didn't, I got real close. <laughs> um, so I love the research side of it. Um, you probably wonder why I wouldn't go more into the older cards than I do because of the history side, but, uh, that's a different story for a different day. But, uh, when I didn't go into SGC blind, 
uh, just didn't say, oh, that looks pretty. Let me fi- let me go there. I researched him, um, found this uh, crazy guy that had hashtag SGC Mafia <laughs> by his name. Uh, we know him and love him as Natsman72. He's on, on a lot of our channels, uh, you know, always talking on there and, and watching. Um, and then I got into Bobbles, who we all know is a huge SGC uh, guy. Uh, a, you know, I think he did a, like 460 card preview tonight. Um, so I, I just watched their videos and see what they talked about. And then I saw they've been doing it almost as long as PSA. So, and uh, man, when you, you see Oddball, a uh, vintage collector, uh, Rick, and he does SGC all the time, and guys you respect in the hobby, um, Blue Jacket, and so many other guys. So, I, I no no doubter right there. And then CSG, like I said, I just it's always been a money thing. Um, I I don't have a, a, a high high dollar collection. I have some high dollar cards, but my PC. I'm an old school collector, so my PC might not be, you know, high dollar cards. So I don't want to pay fifty dollars to get them graded, but I want them graded just as much. And you can say I'm the reason why it's a backlog or whatever, um, but that's just mine. And I don't have. I I also have GMA. I also have ISA. Uh, I bought those because I wanted the card, and that was the only way I can get the card. Um, so you know. That's, that's it in a nutshell. No, it, it makes sense. And I, certainly if you look for like certain like oddball issues for a player, uh, I personally, in my own experiences searching for them, you come across some very interesting storage methods in terms of maybe even the raw ones, like how they're stored, but the graded ones, especially too, you'll see some companies that never even heard of before. In fact, they might've just been formed by the time you started your search. It seems <laughs> a lot of the time. So whenever I see that, that's always something to me that uh, cracks me up. But yeah, it, it's totally understandable too. And I, I definitely think that cost is a big reason why a lot of people went over. Um, the one thing I didn't hear you mention that was kind of on my mind, and I hear this quite often, is the turnaround times. Uh, for the PSA group that we are in, we have a submission that was sent out in January of 2021. Today is April 6th when we're recording this. It is still not back. And I don't really know exactly when it's going to be back. Um, not to mention that there's still the tsunami week, for lack of a better term, when they shut down the post mm-hmm. office in Newport Beach because everybody flooded their submissions before they got um, <laughs> for the up the prices on them too. So there's it, it's only going to get worse, I would imagine, because we've seen I've seen it gradually slow down. It seems like it was a little longer from September to October and October to November. It just continues, uh, especially as they introduce reintroduce the economy level as well, which to their credit, they've turned around much faster than uh, what they initially reported. But for you, you know, we've we've done SGC submissions. I haven't had one that's taken more than two months um and that was only from my own fault <laughs> otherwise they take a month or less right uh, unless you mess up like me and you forget to put the paperwork in the in the package like i would but 
you know, sometimes those things happen. But, I mean, they're on top of it. CSG, it seems that they were going a little bit slow, but I've seen some people getting stuff back from them fairly quickly. Uh, and you, if you want to go outside of those as well, if Beckett isn't necessarily known for their speed, of course, but if you venture outside of those four, usually you get your cards back very quickly and you could say, well, of course it's due to, uh, there's a very low demand for it, but uh, they're still, they're still being slabbed for you personally. How much is time a factor? I mean, do you, I, I clearly, you're not happy that your cards are still gone for 15 months, but right. I mean, how, how much does that weigh on you individually and how much do you think the hobby has a patience for that? Uh, for me personally, uh, it's not a that big of a deal. Um, yes, I, I would like they're my cards. Uh, if anybody has seen, like I'm gonna keep bringing it up, <laughs> this is my room collection. I like to have my cards out, the ones I like, so I could see them. Um, I work hard on my hobby and I enjoy my hobby, and uh, I sit in the middle of that room and watch TV and enjoy my cards. Um, uh, so for me personally, yeah, 15 months is, months is ridiculous, but I've stated it before when this was first going on and if prices still got jacked up, I wouldn't be opposed to PSA coming out and having a 20, $25 one and saying, Hey, it's going to be six to eight months. I, I would not have, because that's in my price point And most guys, I wouldn't think would be trying to flip those or sell them on their I, I'm really trying to get away from that flipping term because it's too broadly used. I, I think for sellers in the market, that that's not the one that they want anyway. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed and it would help us um, people that are just in it for, or not just in it, but it would help. Cause right now it feels like they forgot about us guys that got into it for the registry. So it would say, hey, this is for the guys, for the registry. Um, you know, give us your 50 cent card and we'll create it to put it in the registry. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, just to let you know, my last CSG 50 card order took right at a month or a little less total turnaround. Um, but those are great. I man, and you know, I have a couple of guys that'll that grade with me. Um, they love it, but for me personally, but for the hobby itself, that's a huge factor because so many people are in it for I want to sell this to get something else. And if you gotta wait 15 months, you know, I I I got back, you know, I, I laughed when I showed the Cal Lewis card. Because, you know, when I sent that card in, it, you know, 45, 50 bucks probably in a, in a gym mint. Now, you probably wouldn't even get your money back for it, uh, at least right, right now. But, you know, I, I can understand. And us people that are buyers want to buy when the players are hot and they're fresh on our mind. And it takes sellers and buyers and... uh I just watched Victor's video too. So that's fresh in my mind. So it, it takes sellers and buyers. And, you know, if, if, it, if guys send in their cards and it takes 15 months and then by the time they get it back, that guy might not be fresh in our minds or whatever. And a lot of younger guys 
uh, you exclude it, go on to something else awfully fast. Uh, I saw it at the show this weekend. I was at in Des Moines. Guys that were big even last year were just sitting there, and uh, it, it's on to the next one. And that's how the hobby is for a lot of people right now. So waiting 15 months is not doable for the hobby. And that's two different worlds. <laughs> so that, that that's the way I feel about that. Yeah, I made, I made this comment in one of the more recent PSA reveals, but there was a James Harden card that was sent in. I think I made the comment that this guy's been traded twice since this card was sent in. He's played for three different teams in the time. And that to me is just, I, I mean, I get it. Like he's, he's a guy who gets moved around quite a bit, but still that's just absurd to me that that, that that would be the case. But no, right. I, I, I think you make several good points there that I want to touch on, you know, for you personally, time's not a factor, but yeah, definitely 15 months may not sound like a long time, but in the hobby, it is, incredibly <laughs> lengthy <Lifetime>. and, <laughs> right and i think you can see that too you know a lot of the stuff that was sent in you know people wanted to say like oh it's just a bunch of prison basketball base rookies and if you look at a lot of those guys a lot of them now are they're in the g league or they're just i don't even know where they're at right now like uh, uh my former my former pistons boy here siku Demboya, you know never to be heard from again. And I, I see PSA, I saw a PSA 10 like base prism rookie of his sell for $2 and 25 cents the other day. And it just kind of shows you kind of the level we're at. Kyle yeah. Lewis is, is the baseball one uh, at a fantastic 2020 season, one rookie of the year. And then last year's hurt and a lot of people immediately sour from him. And now these cards coming back, you, you wonder if you can even re recoup the grading cost if you get a 10. And if you get anything below a 10, then forget about it. And even you people say, well, the parallels are still good. Not so much. I was watching some auctions last night, actually, going over to the basketball side of, of Trey Young, where some of these uh, parallels of a guy who was very hot for a long time and hasn't really done anything wrong, quote unquote, but uh they're not even worth it if you were to try to send them in an economy now which i think is alarming because that would have been a no-brainer a year ago and the kyle lewis thing same thing like some of the parallels i've even sold some on consignment they very you know after the consignment fee and everything and ebay fees they don't bring much more than what the grading cost was so it is no it is definitely alarming uh but the, the one thing that you mentioned that like really stands out to me and you said you kind of joked about it earlier, like that you're the reason PSA is backed up because you sent in this stuff. But I mean, you have every right to send in this as I do to yeah. open up a box of Prism right now and send in every card that I get that yeah. I get out of it. It's you know nobody's really entitled to have any of that, but yeah, you are right in the sense that I do feel PSA has lost sight of uh, the collector because a lot of their success, a lot of what built them up to being number one was due to the set registry and we mm -hmm. we started the show with that if that tells you how prominent it is and, and how much we talk about it um i'm someone who likes to try to give psa the benefit of the doubt as much as possible same thing with, with pretty much any grading company and try to be as non-biased when i speak of it so my question to you is is that psa kind of forgetting about the collector do you think that they have done that 
more so intentionally to cater to the the newer crowd? Or do you think that their hand has kind of been forced because of how people have used their service? And I can go more into that if you want, but no, I get what you're saying. And and it's I think it's the same coin, just two different sides. Uh I I uh you know, you got a new group in there that is if you everybody's talking about how much their business has gone up since they purchased it this week, I guess it came out because they somebody put more money into it, so whatever. Uh, so Nat Turner and his group are making money. That's what they're there for. Uh, so I I think that is a huge thing. And it if you're only going to do $50 cards right now, you're not going to have, have set registry. You're not worried about that. You're not worried about the people putting in the, the $2 cards for the most part. Uh, and it's just, and they had to do something to cut down their backlog. Uh, they let it get bad before they did anything. So they had to do something. And, but I have noticed a lot of people, the new graders, cause I get asked a lot about the set registry. Uh, I think the new graders don't even care about a set registry. Uh, and that's what's driving grading right now. And, uh, in high dollar cards, uh, for resale. And so they're catering to that because that's the easy money's there right now. I don't know if that's a good enough answer or an answer to your question, but I, I just think it's the same, same coin, just two different sides. And they're to, they have to cater to one and the collectors kind of left out in the cold a, a little bit. I mean, it's not the end of, let's just, let's get it real. It's not the end of the world if my set registry is not complete. <laughs> my Gary Carter is lacking uh, half of it right now in the, the super set. Uh, it, it'll open back up. I, I still look on eBay. It, it's it's a funner hunt now. Um, I just can't buy the raw card and get it graded. Now I look for the card already graded. Uh, but that that's that's how I feel about it is they had to cut out something and the easy money's there with the higher dollar card. So. Yeah, I, I think that's I I think that's a great answer. It it makes sense too. I mean, it's it's less work on them too, right? You have these economy submissions now at fifty dollars a piece, and currently I was just allocated one the other day for twenty cards, and that that seems to be kind of the standard right now. They experimented with a couple at fifty. Originally, it was five cards, but they're doing this now for these these higher end cards and it kind of forces you that unless you really want to pay up to have this for a registry then you're going to have to go search for things graded but it, it makes sense right would you rather grade 10 cards at $50 or 50 cards at $10 it's just it makes more sense for them and right. it's less work if i don't know what the pay structure is there if it's hourly pay for their graders or if it's a set salary but if you got to consider if they're doing it hourly and they have all this work to catch up on. Hey, that's less hours that they're spending grading cards. And, you know, PSA is getting more bang for their buck in terms of what you're paying to, uh, to get that graded. So I think that's absolutely a fair point. We've kind of laid our cards on the table, pun completely intended there, uh, in terms of what, uh, you know, what is kind of drawn people towards PSA or away from PSA. 
And now I guess it's kind of time to answer the question of blind loyalty in what we see. And we, we've seen this sensationalism. Uh, I think it's become more common over the past decade. Uh, it can be towards, you know, individuals, groups, uh, whatever the case may be, or in some cases it could be companies. And, and in the hobby, there is, I believe, a blind following for PSA. Now, does every company have these? Yes, absolutely. But I think the PSA group is probably one of your more outspoken ones. And if anyone wants to disagree with me with that, I would love to hear what you think is the most outspoken one. I mean, just, uh, I mean, what, what do you, what is your take on that? Do you think that the PSA loyalists or fanboys or however you want to call it, or some of the more, I, I believe they're all equals. Even CSG now has, <laughs> uh, the raw raw guys saying that, you know, they're the better one. Uh, I, I, it was funny when GMA was starting to make heads. Like people were starting to send it to GMA. They even had guys backing it up and showing how they were making money grading with GMA. When and, and and then they were honest. They knew they're grading for other guys to buy it, to crack it, to send it in the PSA. But they didn't care. They were making money. So I, I just think I have seen it all. Um I tell you what, the SGC um, bulk submitters are ruthless. They will cut each other's throat <laughs> to get to get the bulk submitters. Uh, so I don't know if that's a fair assessment. But PSA, what PSA is, is they have this, we sell our cards higher. Or PSA on the secondary market sells higher. So why would you grade? And it kind of try to make you feel stupid. For grading with somebody else and uh if you grade at a lower price and sell at the same dollar difference i think that's the same return on investment if i'm not if my math is correct so uh you know i i just uh i i think uh <laughs> you're right in some respect but i think they're all just as bad <laughs> and uh i i sit back and, and giggle and laugh at at the socials uh, fair enough. I, I see it too. There's, you have your, your people who are raw, raw and over every single company for sure. I'm a, I was going to save this tweet for the end. Those of you who are not listening on YouTube, unfortunately you won't be able to see it, but I will read it for you. But those of you who are watching, you can see it right here. I saw this pop up uh, the day before we're recording this and it's just one of those that made me laugh. And it says, stop putting cool cards in SGC holders. Just wait. PSA will be cheap again shortly. Thank you for attending this TED talk. And naturally, of course, tagging card purchaser, the, the standard if you're on Twitter. Um, so the reason that I share this tweet is just because I, I think it's very well encapsulates the idea of what we just talked about with this uh, fanatical nature that we see behind it. Um I want to ask you this too. Do you think that it has anything to do with being right? Like if you, if say that SGC were to become the number one company and you were like with them from day one, you were ride or die SGC all the way. And you were there before anyone else. Do you think that really matters to people? Or do you think that I'm just kind of blowing that up there? No, that matters. And uh, I, uh, there's videos right there that proves it. Uh, it, I, I just think 
you're you're talking about guys that enjoy sports and buy people on sports cards. So in our nature, we're already team fans of somebody. Um, even if it's a single sport, it's a team, you know, uh, or a single player sport. Most of the time, it's they got a team name or something. Uh, so we we root for a team just naturally, and then we like to get in our groups, and then the social media creates groups, and uh, it it's just all, and people love to debate. They will fight just to fight and troll to troll. So I, I, it's funny. It's entertainment to me. I can tell you, it just doesn't really matter to me. I grade what I want to grade. I want to grade. And who knows? One day I might stop grading altogether. I might go in a different direction. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, things change. You, know, you never know. I, I was never a grading guy until a few years ago. Now I... It's yeah, it's absolutely insane. Uh, now and, let me ask you this: when, you right. did, when for me, when I started learning about grading, did it feel like, man, I thought this was kind of a joke, but now I feel like I'm in on a joke and it's okay. Like, you did not quite understand why we needed grading, and it was like. Because that's yeah, the way I thought. Yeah. I thought it was like I'm buying cards now. I don't need them graded. What's the difference? Yes, it was a very <laughs> eye-opening experience. Um, it, it's something where it's a, it's a total rabbit hole where you once you go down it, it will change how you view things pretty much forever. Because I now see things in terms of condition when I'm selling, buying, whatever the case may be. And I would have never even right. thought to look for before I started getting into the grading thing. So it really, made, I, you know, I, I never used to really pay attention to centering unless something was extremely off center. Right. And now it's just natural to kind of be like, yeah, that's 55, 45 centering, or that's nine quality centering. Right. Or, well, if I said this PSA, maybe I get away with a 10. It's, so yeah, to answer your question, yes, absolutely. I feel like I'm kind of, uh, I've, I've shifted sides a bit there. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I used to be pretty much, you know, I, I started out with Beckett. That was when I first started grading my first couple of cards. It was through mm -hmm. Beckett. And then I personally shifted to PSA. And for the longest time I was PSA only in terms of my grading, you know, I would look to buy SGC cards but a lot of times it was to crack them out and sell them raw. Right. And it wasn't like I was trying to sell SGC seven as a gem mint card raw. It wasn't, it was, you know, eights, nines, and even in some cases, tens, which is crazy to think where they would sell for more than raw, more uh, at the right. raw price, which was crazy. So um, but I, I feel like that's changing a little bit. And some people are kind of loosening their, their grip on PSA. Do you ever think that there will come a time when PSA is no longer viewed as the king? And I know that some people out there are automatically going to say, well, they're not right now. You know, they're not number one. But oh, yeah. the general consensus would 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 disagree with you there. Do you do you think that will ever change the overall? No. And I, just because they got such a uh, foothold, I – I think I just heard a number where they still like have like 75% of the market share or whatever on sales on 
eBay and whatever, and they're not even taking in much cards. Uh, and the reason why I say that, I could just tell you one thing. What happened first day that they opened the first minute at the National last year? You were there. You saw it firsthand. They they couldn't take any after the first day uh, at what was $150 a card. Uh, yeah, um, I, I I would like to know the numbers they're taking in right now at 50, 150, 200. Um, that'd be interesting because I bet you it's more than what we think they're getting in. And uh, I just think the foothold that they have and people want uniformity and just want all their stuff to look alike. And you still hear it. I heard it all the time at the uh, card show to young kids at the table. I was trying to eat, making a trade, and the kid didn't have it graded because PSA. And he wanted to sell it at a higher price because he told the other kid when he got it in a PSA 10, he could sell it for 10 grand. Uh, I, I just, you know, kind of made me sick a little bit hearing that for two youngsters. But also, there they are. They're talking about PSA and what if when you have other places where you can get grades right now. And I just think, and they were 20, probably 20 years old at the most. So I just think that's the way the hobby is. And I don't see it changing. It's, it's really interesting to me with that too, because a lot of those types of people, when I, I hear this too, when I'm looking at cards potentially for inventory purposes, where people will tell me, in an SGC that they have like some kind of multiplier from what a PSA 10 is, if it's an SGC 10, like right. that it should be worth less than that because PSA is, I guess, your your one-to-one -one ratio and everything else kind of has to be below that. And it's just, sometimes it's it's a bit mind boggling. I'm, I'm really interested in the card. As long as it's not jank, I'm not too concerned right. with the grade. Um, it, I, of course, I'm going to consider, you know, populations. Is this a particularly tough card to grade out? And that, that's just the things that we generally will look for anyways. Um, when it, and it doesn't matter what company it may be. But, right. yeah, to, to your point, I, I do think that their hold on the hobby is very strong. Um, and I, I think that I was going to ask you a follow-up question of that, but I think that really – that answers the question uh, because most of the people like those two kids there, they're probably complaining about the turnaround times of PSA. They probably right. have those bulk submissions that were still there from 15 mm -hmm. months ago. I see people who it, it's really funny when you go on their Facebook page and they announce the economy events because you get all the people who react with the little laughing face or the, mm -hmm. the angry face. And they say, how about you get my cards back from 15 months ago or right. whatever the case may be. But there they are just going right back to them trying to get into that economy submission to you. Yeah. And oh. yeah. And that's, I just think they're like the Kleenex or, you know, whatever you, when you say grading the, I bet you everybody's going to say PSA is the first name out of you, you know, and that's, they just know it. It's a, you know, the dinner dinner bell for our hobbyists PSA and I don't think it'll ever change uh I've never understood uh because to me with PSA not having a nine and a half um 
SGC and the other ones with nine and a half are so much tougher. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, you know, that's just me. I, I want the card and I, I don't really care about the flip. And I take that back. I do want the card, but I'd rather have it in certain flips. I'm not going to take anybody's flip. You just, you can't make pig out and right there and, and sell it to me. Uh, but you know, if it's credible and I can, and it, it depends on the price of the card too. I, I'll be the first to admit it. I got to be able, if it's comma card or up air in price, I want to be able to look it up on a, on a database somewhere and make sure that's the card I'm buying. Um, so yeah, that's a big deal to me as well. Uh, that's a fantastic point. I always try to end the shows with kind of like what should be a takeaway and what we can kind of learn from this. But I, I think you said it without explicitly answering the question <laughs> there is that you, you want to get the card at mm -hmm. the end of the day and you don't necessarily care what holder it's in as long as it's something that is credible to you and in spite of a set registry that maybe you can't put it in your registry or maybe you can't have it uniform and it will look like everything else that you have or maybe it won't be worth as much as it would be if it was in a different company's holder in spite of all those things you at the end of the day still have the card and that's really what's important of course if you're going out there trying to strictly resell and you're not really in it for the enjoyment of the card then that would be a different story but i think most people in the hobby even if you are a reseller that is something to really consider is that you know you have the card and that is what is important you know there's a, there's a reason of course that you were interested in it take the holder aside for a moment and uh and really analyze that so this this was a fun discussion i feel like this was a let's talk i kind of stole your your show <laughs> from out right. from underneath you here today <laughs> but uh uh if, if anyone wants to go listen to some let's talks i'll have scott kind of give him give his final thoughts and also where you can uh find him at even though i've introduced it several times we'll hear it right from the man himself uh big scott 35 on pretty much twitter instagram um that's probably instagram's where i'm at when most people uh on my videos i'll put a link on my facebook uh youtube is big scott 35 every sunday night i do uh, or every sunday i release a let's talk where i talk about the hobby and try to invite people so now i've done this one it's jt's turn to do mine <laughs> we're gonna have to do one on my channel uh coming up probably after my move uh, but, uh, I like to do those. I really started liking doing the live cause we can just have fun and laugh and, uh, not take, take the hobby as serious as it should be taken. Right. Laugh, joke, and have fun. Yeah. We'll have to complete the home and home for the, uh, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Congratulations the to the tigers on some big signings. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, <laughs> Like I said, we're releasing this here on opening day. The Tigers, it, it really stings for me because our opening day is not until Friday. I know that some teams were rained out for Thursday's games, but right. it is it is just so painful when it's baseball is being played, but your team has to wait that extra day. I, I absolutely hate it. Right. Uh, but I, there is a lot of reason to be excited, I, I think, for, for your team as well. 
Yeah. Um, I think that there's, there's reasons to be excited. Everybody's got this optimism around and, uh, would love to hear in the comment section down below, of course, you know, what you think of the upcoming baseball season. There will be some shows that I have coming up that are some baseball oriented. I have a few ideas that are brewing, but uh, until then, I would also love to hear your thoughts on grading today. Kind of uh, what is your take on the blind loyalty, if you could? I think that's what I'll probably call this episode to PSA or even other grading companies as well that you may have observed and kind of what is your stance on grading. It's a topic that never seems to get old. I'm sure this will not be the last time that we cover it here. Uh, and a, a huge thanks to Scott for coming on and giving his insights. It was a fantastic conversation. I really do encourage you to go find him uh, on all the platforms where you may be president. He is also present. So this will be it for today's show. As always, I do greatly appreciate you listening. All of these episodes are compiled in a playlist, regardless of where you listen to that. So if you ever want to catch up on any episodes you may have missed of the Sports Card Psychology Podcast, they are compiled all in one place for your convenience. Always encourage you as well, if you want to check out the eBay store, I've got slabs from all different sorts of companies too. I play no favorites uh, in my eBay store. Over 37,000 unique cards available for sale. Be sure to go check that out. Linked in the description down below on YouTube or the show notes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you may get your podcast. Be sure to see you again at the same time next Thursday. Until then, take care, stay safe, be kind, and enjoy the hobby. Don't take it too seriously. Come on now. That's right.